Kia ora and welcome to Generally Famous, a stuff podcast. I'm Simon Bridges and every week I talk to a generally famous but always interesting guest about life, love and what makes them tick. Today's guest we're privileged to have is a code-crossing sports star who became one of New Zealand's foremost celebrity larrikins, often in cahoots with Mark Ellis. As part of the Game of Two Halves all-star team, when he was a headline magnet and not always for the right reasons. But now he's older, wiser, and very family-focused, living, I think, in France. Welcome, Matthew Ridge. As I say, it's a privilege to have you on Generally Famous. Oh, thanks, mate. We're doing this to state the obvious um, virtually by some fancy technology. Where are you right at the moment as I talk to you? Oh, jeez, I hope it's some technology. I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles visiting my eldest, well, my firstborn and my eldest daughter, who's uh, just had a, well, she's nearly two now, so my first grandson, which is fantastic because... Well, life for me now is all about family. Well, pretty much always has been, but your children are, are the most important thing in your life, I think. So my eldest son is over here as well, which is you know, which is awesome. It's not, it hasn't happened a lot of late. You know, um, spending time with my you know eldest children who are like, uh, Jimmy won't like me saying this, but she's thirty now and Boston's twenty six. So that makes me a hell of a lot older. Well, yeah. Although that said, you were obviously you started young. You must have been what twenty. I'm doing the messy eye because I think you're what you fifty four. Fifty five. Geez, say that quietly. I'm on the downhill slope to sixty. So you were twenty five ish or something when you um when Jamie was born. Yeah. And um, I suppose a question for from all of that is you've got your first grandchild. How does that make you feel? It's and is it um, do you feel like a change? Are you older, wiser, or just older? Jeez, it's you know like it's. I was just saying to Jamie and Boston the other day, like. It just seemed like yesterday that, you know, you were born. Like, just time just disappears. And, you know, you, I, I still feel like I'm uh, inside that I'm a young, you know, young man. I have, to, you know, but but I'm an old dude. You know, I walk past the window and I look in the mirror. I'm like, geez, who is that guy? You know, like, so that that takes a bit of getting used to, I guess. I guess you're, you know, you, you start to think about life and death and all that sort of stuff. And I, I'm not morbid and I'm not scared of death or anything like that, but I, but um, you, you certainly when you well, I think when you hit fifty, you you know things start to change a bit, and your perspective on life starts to change a bit. But I, I'm really enjoying myself. I enjoy, enjoy my, you know, my life. And um, well, you know, I, I live in France now, which I never thought I would I would live in France. I didn't think I'd marry a French woman, but yeah. but I did. She's the mm. you know she's the love of my life, and you know my kids, you know my five children, they um. No, you know, you hear it a lot, but they, they actually bring me so much joy, you know, like probably things that you don't, you take for granted when you're younger, but I think as you get older, you, you appreciate just how delicate life is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, um, I can I can see a muscular frame there, so don't be too hard on yourself about being fifty five. And uh, yeah, exactly. It's just flexed for me. It's look, I'm not going to do the same for you, okay? So don't worry about that. Okay, and yeah. um, and I think like fifty five is like the new fifty five is like the new thirty five, surely. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. Oh, I'm not hard on myself. Mate. Let's talk France. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm imagining, I think I'm right, somewhere in the Riviera. It sounds very romantic and beautiful and good weather. Have I got it right? Yeah, you have, you have. And I, I just feel so privileged. You know, I think I've, I've led a really, I've led a very full life. Um, I'm packed in a lot. But, you know, like I said, I never thought I would live in France. And, you know, I didn't think I would have the opportunity to. You know, like it's a, it's a, it's a big country and their, their, their native language is, is French. I don't speak French. My wife and I, we discussed it pretty much. I was just one night in bed and I just said, hey, look, Chloe, you know, you, 
we're not you're not speaking any French to the kids at home. You know, the kids aren't going to learn French, and I, I can't have my children growing up mm. um, not being able to speak their mother's tongue. You know, because I'm my father. I didn't meet my father till I was 21, but he was Armenian, and um, all Armenians yep. speak Armenian, but but they have to be raised in the Armenian environment, and you know, like I, I wasn't, and they lived in a different mm. country. So, and it always frustrated me that I didn't speak the language. You know, when I when I when I met my father, I spent you know just I had 10 years with him when I was playing footy. He lived in Sydney, so and it always frustrated me, and it frustrated him that I couldn't speak you know his language. Yes. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, that, that our kids, sort of the, my two youngest ones, spoke their mother's tongue. And so we sort of, we bit the bullet, jumped on a, jumped on a plane, moved ourselves across there, and you were in the we're in a place split between Khan and Nice, a place called Grass at the moment. We just rent a, rent a little place there. Um, and it's like, it's a totally different life, different lifestyle, but it's, it's you know, it's magnificent. I, I really enjoy it. The weather's just... Oh, I don't mean to boast, but the weather's unbelievable. And you know, when, <laughs> there's something about it. Yeah, there's something about it when it's sunny. To, you know, when it's sunny, you know, no matter what happens, you know, you've got a few issues on your play. You've got some worries. You've got some. You know, it just when you feel the sun on your face, it's just sort of just everything's a bit lighter. You know, so um, yes. yeah, I just uh, I just feel so fortunate to to. Live. And France is a beautiful country. Like they talk about New Zealand being a beautiful country, and it is a beautiful country. But France is, it's, it's every bit is beautiful. There's absolutely no doubt. So, yeah, really privileged and lucky. I want to make a confession to you, Matthew. When I when I sort of saw you over the years, I thought those swarthy good looks, I thought you are Maori. You must have got that a lot. Heaps. Like, I'll tell you a story. Like, um, I, I played a lot of tennis when I was young. And I, I loved tennis. It was, my, it was my first love of tennis and soccer. And... I, uh, you know, I was a little dark shallow. And anyway, the president of our tennis club at the time, a guy <laughs> named Frankie Dennis, he was a, um, he was a really jovial champ and, 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 a, and a Maori. He said, Matthew, I, I want you to play in the, in the New Zealand Mario tennis champs. It's, um, you know, I, I think, I think you'd go really well. And I said, oh, Frankie, I, I'm not married, mate. He goes, he looked at me and he goes, doesn't matter, mate. You look Maori. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I played him. <laughs> so, so I played in it, and, and we and and I won the like down the sixteens or the under eighteens or something like that. I can't remember. Fantastic. Well, the other thing was about you is you're from. I'm right to say you're originally from Rota Vegas. I am. Yes, I am. And I, I suppose the question is, um, you're a long way from Rota Vegas now. Can you remember growing up there? Good memories, not so good. What's the what's your what's your take no, looking I back was, on Rotorua? I I don't remember a lot about Rotorua because I I ended up from Rotorua with my mother. Because in those days, if you yep. had a marriage outside of wedlock, you know, it was all a bit, you know, like, and so my grandfather was a very strict Englishman, you know, so he, he, he wasn't very happy with my mother at that stage. So I ended up, we ended up living in with, with a family in Rotorua for about a year until my grandmother put her foot down and said, you know, to my grandfather, this is what my grandmother tells me, and I believe this is, you know, how, how it all went down. She said, Jerry, if you don't drive me down to pick up my daughter and my grandson, I'm leaving you. And he he hummed and hard for a bit, and mm. sure enough, he drove down and picked me up. And and, when, and were your grandparents? I mean, did they? I suppose what I'm trying, did they do a good job, or I suppose they did the best job they could. Look, honestly, Simon, I I had the best upbringing. I I, I think this is what's you know how hard it is to raise a family and raise children these days with 
the pressure, you know, the financial pressure on just, you know, on everybody really, but, you know, like nine to five people that are, you know, you, you got to get to work at nine o'clock in the morning, you get home at seven o'clock, you're tired from a long day's work, you know, your kids are tired, your kids are on laptops and all that sort of stuff. Your wife gets home, she's got to cook or you've got to cook or whatever, you know, like we just don't have that, you know, that, that, um, that, I guess, you know, connection of real um, family time that I used to have, you know, I'd get home from school and my grandma was there and my grandfather was there and, you know, we ate every night, we spent time together. I'd get up in the morning, I had a quick breakfast, I'd, you know, I'd walk to school, which is another thing we don't do anymore, everyone drives kids to school, you know, so I I just, I I had the best upbringing, I was extremely lucky, but I, I think... You know, now with the fast-paced life, you know, the cost of everything, you know, like most people have to have, most most families, you know, both parents have to work. Even some of the you know, eldest children have to chip in. Like it's, life's just getting a lot tougher, you know, and um, I, I just feel really fortunate to, you know, growing up in New Zealand in the 70s and, and early 80s when life was a hell of a lot simpler, I think. Yeah, totally right. And look, I... Your Armenian father, I'm fascinated by that, both the culture of that and, you know, the story around that. Um, mm. You know, you didn't meet him till you're 21. What was mm. the impact of that when you did finally meet him? And, and and I presume you knew, though, you were Armenian? Yes, 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 yes. My mother my mother kept, um, you know, that, that flame inside me alive. And when you – I actually met him very briefly when I was 12. I went over for a – I represented Auckland and soccer over in uh, – somewhere in, in Australia – we landed in Sydney, and I met my father very briefly at the airport, but it wasn't until I, I went and played for Manly that I got to know him. But I was really lucky that my mother kept that, you know, flame alive. But I think when you haven't met your father, you always you always have that, you know, that you want to know and, you know, you want to see what yeah. the type of man that he was and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, But if I, if, I, if I wasn't raised by my grandfather, I think I would have turned out a very different person because – for me, it's really, really important that you're, you know, that, you know, men are influenced by men and, you know, and obviously by yeah. women as well and women are influenced by, by men. It takes a village to raise a, a child. It really does, you know, and, and like the time yep. that it takes to raise a child properly nowadays, we just don't value that and, and, and society doesn't make time for that purely because of work pressures. So. You know, that's I, I just that's why I always say to myself, I, I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I go, man, you, you are so lucky to have been able to, you know, to navigate the world the way that I have. And I like I, I like to work, but I don't put a great emphasis on, you know, I, I don't want to be the richest person in the world. I just, I just want to have enough. Yep. You know, like I just want to be able to do what I want to be able to do to be able to provide for my family, to be able to, you know, um, and I, I feel really fortunate to have, to have got into a position like that. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not scotting or anything like that. I, it's just, no. it's just, I the just feel blessed that, 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 you know, that that's happened. And so I, I um, yeah, I do feel very fortunate and long may I continue. I can imagine there's a world of difference between being brought up by an older Englishman as opposed to an Armenian, um, mm. just culturally that'd be massive. And, um, mm. you, you know, I remember you saying, and you were saying, in fact, about your your, your young children, you know, you, you want them to um, speak French and understand their French culture. Have you ever got onto your wish of 
getting a bit of Armenian speech going, or how's that going? Nah, nah, like it's, I wish. I wish. <laughs> too hard, too late at 55. Oh, way too hard, way too hard. Listen, French is like, it's just an absolute mind bender, you know, like, it's a, it's a really tough language. I love it, and I, I, I but I, I understand a lot of French, I understand a lot of words, but to speak French, it's like, I just feel like an absolute muppet. So, because, you know, I'm obviously thinking in English and all that sort of stuff. So that's been really a, quite a bit of a cultural shock for me because it's important that I, you know, that I learn to speak French and can, can communicate with French people in their language because otherwise I don't think you get accepted properly into the culture, you know. And I think it's really important no. that when you move to another country, you have to be grateful that, first of all, you're allowed into their country and then you need to integrate into the ways of that, that country. I think that's really important, you know. So... So for me, learning the language is, is a priority. You know, my kids are fluent now, which is just it's it's unreal. And I like so I'm I'm super stoked about that. But um, yeah, I, I, you kind of, if I'm being honest, you do feel a little isolated when you don't speak the language. You know, my wife is obviously mm. fluent, so it's so it's easy. I can mm. cruise around and all that. And just, but if I'm out on my own and somebody starts gibbering to me, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And it, harder. You, you kind of never feel quite at ease with yourself. And that's a very strange feeling for me because I've always, you know, I've always, like, I, I've just always felt at ease because I've, you know, been able to speak the language and, you know, and, and I'm a comp- reasonably confident person. But it's funny when you, when, when that language part of it is taken away from your personality or your, or your toolkit, you, you really feel quite vulnerable. So it's been it's been a mm. it's been an interesting experience. Oh, I bet. Have Have you got any Armenian? Can you give a few phrases in Armenian, or is that not there? In species, and I couldn't even tell you what that means. I think that's like, uh, "How are you?" Or like, "How are you going?" Good to see you. But you know, so um, and look, would I have liked to have uh, spoken Armenian? Absolutely. You know, like I I meet meet a lot of people in Europe. You know, there's a lot of people in Europe that speak four, five, six languages. You know, and and we speak one. So. I think it's just there's so many advantages to being sort of closer to where the action is. Um, you know, I guess your next question will be maybe do, do I miss New Zealand? Um, I, I'd have to say, yeah, no. Nah, like I, I'm really enjoying it being over here. You know, I think we've certainly got our issues in New Zealand. You know, so I read a, a lot of papers over here and stuff like that. I'm just like, wow, we we're just really quite um, wrapped up in ourselves in New Zealand. I think you know. Yeah, and, I, and there's a lot in that, and I, and I do want to ask you about that because I think it's, it's really interesting. And obviously, your cobber, um, or your old cobber, Mark Ellis, has said a, a few things somewhat similarly, and he's he's on the other side of the world too as well. Yeah. But you know, um, let, let's just let, let me ask you a couple on on sports. Yeah. And then we'll move into that because I feel like it flows. I mean, you 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 um. You, you know, a sport obviously gave you a massive uh, opportunity. You did really well in, um, you know, in, in in Union then League. The switch. I'm just thinking back on it. I mean, this is just me thinking about your career. The switch was massive. Why was it such a heck of a deal? Why did it create such a big issue at the time? And and was it a risk for you, or, or was it always sort of nah, that was the right thing to do? Yeah, look, it was a really big deal. I kind of didn't um, foresee it being such a big deal, you know, because I was. You know, I was only a young fella and, and I was really flattered to be asked to play rugby league and it was always my dream to be a professional athlete. You know, I can remember 
at 12 or 13 setting goals. And I was thinking, look, you know, I was a, I was, I was a much better soccer player than I was a rugby player, but I, I didn't see a way forward to, to make any money in soccer. Even though soccer was professional, in my head I was like, look, if I, if I become an all-black, um, I'll get a good job. You know, that that was why I was doing it pretty much to, you know, like I was always very focused on on, on trying to set myself up. I didn't come from a we, – we weren't – um, poor, but we certainly had to keep our eyes on, on you know, we, we had budgets and my grandmother was at a little notebook and, you know, had to go through things and money money didn't flow easily, but it was, so it was pretty tight, but so I was aware of that. But yeah, when I switched the media attention around, it really, really took me back, you know, like, you know, John Kerwin coming over and making a television, a, a documentary with Rick Salizzo, you know, like, and then I had John Hart here who worked for Fletcher's at the time. Before I played a game, he rang me and he said, I oh, Hey Matthew, come back because John Gallagher was the was the number one fullback at the time. And when I switched, he yes. announced that he'd switched like three days later. And because I hadn't played a game, you know, the, uh, John was like, "Hey, just come back. I'll, we'll, we'll we'll facilitate a job at Fletcher's for you." Or you know, like, and I was just like, I remember thinking, I was like, "Well, I, I just can't do that because you know, I've I've signed on the dotted line. You know, I'm a man of my word, and you know, I." I I, I signed because I wanted to be a professional athlete and 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 it was the best thing I ever did. You know, like I, I didn't get a lot of money. I think my first year I was on, my sign-on was like 35000 and I think I got $2,000 a game. But that was a huge amount of money for a student, <laughs> you know. Um, that was when $35,000 less tax still still bought Still bought you a car, mm, you know, totally, and a holiday, and you know, maybe you know, you, you saved a little bit of money, right? So, so yeah, I, I was extremely fortunate, really lucky to yes. be plucked to go and you know to play, and you know, and what is an extremely tough competition, and and yeah, it was, certainly wasn't eye, that's for sure. And we and we won't we won't go through blow by blow your league career, the Warriors, the Kiwis, um, uh, over in Aussie was you know you, you set records, you did you know very. You know, you did incredibly well. I suppose the big yeah. question, but just you know, sum it up. I suppose in terms of you looking at back now as a fifty-five-year-old, how do you reflect yeah. on it all? You look back and say that was just freaking awesome. I loved every minute of it. I'd do it all again, um, or what? I, I tell you what, I found like really hard um, when I came back to the Warriors. Like coming back to New Zealand, coming back, to, I, I came back to the Warriors for a big paycheck, pretty much. But I was, you know, super keen to do as well as I could, you know. But but you know, the Super League had come along, and I was one of the close to one of the top paid players. I don't know how I managed it; I just fluked it. I didn't have a manager or anything like that. I was just, I just flummed it. Um, it was good luck and good timing. But but I remember, you know, I was, I, I didn't perform very well for the Warriors. I was carrying a few injuries, but I, you know, I could always put my heart out there. But you know, I, I did struggle, and I, I found it very frustrating. I was, I'd come from a you know, like a, a a winning culture to a culture that was still trying to find itself. You know, and 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 I was very demanding. Um, you know, frustrated. So I, I probably wasn't the best fit for a team that was, you know, like not ready to be scolded. I guess you know, because I like I had really high standards. Um, right. And you know, so my frustration would you know would come out sometimes. And you know, like I you know like it was just it was just difficult. But but what 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 I found really hard was when they published my my salary and broke it down to minute by minute yep. and you know i was on a lot of money but that wasn't that that wasn't my fault you know like that was just the way it was you know so yeah. 
but I it, it, there was a there was a lot of hate, you know, and well, maybe hate's too strong a word, but uh, you know, like it, it really, you know, like you know, people say, oh, you know, how can a, how can he get that much money, you know? And I can remember Paul Holmes ringing me up one day, and he said, hey mate, we we need to get your side of the story across, and I was like. Oh, cool, and and you know he came around and we did an interview. I, I don't think it helped, but it, like what it what it gave me is I was like, oh, there's actually some people out there that can see that you know like this isn't all good. So I found the the treatment by the club and you know the fact that my salary was leaked and then you know like it's all through the you know people discussing on the on you know talk back and you know we do a lot of that talk back stuff. You know, like she was. Um, but it's quite toxic, I think, that stuff, you know. Um, there's a lot of negativity, you know, there's there's not a lot of positivity around it, I don't think, you know, from what I can remember, you know, so I, I don't actually listen to a lot of it, so I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert anymore, but that's what I can remember thinking is, like, we need to be way more positive than um, keep whinging about all the negative aspects of life. The, the, the Warriors are in renaissance at the moment. It's been remarkable. Um, I, I suppose mm. I'm just interested... Mm. Do you are you sitting there? Or you've told us a bit about you know your, your sort of view on New Zealand versus France, if you want to put it that way more broadly. Mm. Are you sitting there watching the mm. Warriors? Do you watch the ABs at all? Did you go to any of the games in France, or oh, are you um are you all back no, at some Patonk these days? No, I'm not Patonk, but <laughs> but um I watched the Warriors with great interest, and you know I was like, what, what a fantastic result, you know like. And, and the just how good for New Zealand, but but how good for rugby league as well, you know. Like obviously they 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 didn't quite, you know, to make the big dance, but you know they 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 certainly um, performed admirably, and I think you know their coach deserves a, a big pat on the back, as does all the organisation, you know. But but um, you know what is it? What do they say? Like one season doesn't make a summer, or, you know. Like so, no. they got to turn around and they got to do it again next year, and they got to be better next year. You know, and they've got to demand that of themselves. And if, if they can, if they can remain um, level-headed, keep working, um, work for one another, you know, be honest with one another, and you know, continue to go in the same direction as a team that they're going at the moment, then you know, I think they've got the sky's the limit for them. Which is, you know, that's a pretty remarkable thing to be saying about the Warriors. You know, I, I don't watch a, I don't watch a lot of the rugby league or, or rugby union um, during the season. In fact, I, I, I watch. Nothing. I'm a I'm a tennis nut, so I, I watch follow that. But right. but I I do I I was very proud of obviously you're proud of New Zealander and proud of uh, the effort that the All Blacks made, and I was just so gutted that that they didn't win it for their coach because I thought the treatment of that um, of the All Black coach was horrendous, and you know New Zealanders should really take a look at themselves when they are ripping people to pieces like that. It's 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 you know that's people have got families they've got you know they've got to look got to get to work every day they've got to like I mean and and the stress of being an all black coach um, and the the stress of being an all black full stop the stress of being a you know an all black captain the stress of being a Kiwi the stress of being a, a an athlete in New Zealand and the the glare that the public puts on you is, is not easy and then you've got to you know you've got to deal with all the keyboard warriors. And all the people who think they know better, yes. and all this, and they hear all the rubbish that's spoken about you. It's it's like it, it's a very negative environment that we've created, that society's created, where people can now jump on a a, a computer and yeah. 
Like, it's yeah. just like, come on, mate, say it to my face. Yes, yes. I, look, I totally agree. But I, I was just gutted for, for Ian Foster, you know, like I played against him when I was, a, you know, I think he played for Waikato and he was a number 10. But um, I was just so stoked, you know, I was just so stoked for him and so disappointed for him that, that you know, that, that he didn't get there. But, you know, like he signed off with a bloody good effort and I think New Zealand's obviously hopefully really proud of, of the effort they made because everybody wrote them off, you know. They weren't even spoken about, and they just played, you know, some some magnificent rugby. Like, and look, let's face it, like rugby can be pretty boring. I've got to be honest, you know, like it's pretty boring. But those two quarterfinal games, French game and the South African game, and then the Aussie game and the who do they play? Aussie, uh, Kiwi game. Who do we play in the quarters? Ireland. Yep. Like, what about those two games for games of rugby? Phenomenal game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Correct. You know, like so so. Yeah. And I, that for me, I was just really stoked for New Zealand that, you know, that we played so well and, you know, we didn't get there, but hey, it's the way it goes. No, I totally agree. And look, I agree with every word you've said. Do you think though, and, and, and look, AB's coach is one of two or three of the worst jobs in New Zealand. I've had one of the other mm. ones actually, but we won't get into that. Oh, mate, and you have, like, all power to you guys. Like Through COVID, it was worst time for the worst job, but we won't. Yeah, but can I just say something? Can I just say something on that? You know, like if you stick your head up in New Zealand and people don't like what you had to correct. You know, like there's people that like you, they don't like you. But holy, you know, like it's we, we've just got to take a little bit of a chill pull and just relax because you know, like if we want everybody to be the same, no, I agree. We're not going to be encouraged like freedom of thought and hey, I uh, and I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go that way. You know, like we want to box everybody into this corner, like oh, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Nobody's going to float to the top, you know. And uh, I, I just, I think we just have to change our attitude a bit and just be a, a lot more positive and less negative we actually need to be a lot kinder in what we say and the message we deliver because words hurt they really do and get behind people because when when people get behind other people you rise up you know and you perform better when people are trying to pull you down and you're hearing all this negativity what are you going to get you're not going to get the result you're looking for absolutely some fantastic words look um do you think though it's worse in new zealand than other places i'm just going to say what i think you know like i, I just I, I, yeah. I, like, I, I love New Zealand, but I just don't like our attitude. You know, and I think we've got the world bluffed mm. a little bit. You know, like, oh, we're clean and green with this and that. It's amazing. Da, da, da. And I was like, mm. hey, come, on, come down mm. and have a look. See what you think when you get here. Mm. See how expensive it all is to buy a house now. Like, can, can you believe that you cannot buy a house in New Zealand unless you're, like, I don't know, you need a couple hundred grand or you mm. want to live in the Stewart Island or, or some, you know, like, and that's fine. Like, oh, don't get me mm. wrong, Stewart Island, I love mm. Stewart Island, but, you know, like, it is almost like I worry about my children, like how unless they're successful, you can't just be a normal person, like uh, be a be a a labourer or a you know just a, just a normal job that you had back in the seventies or eighties, and you bring home twenty five thousand dollars. But you could get a loan from the bank, and you could go and buy your house, and you could work it off. Now, what we can't do that; it's impossible. No. You know, and then we no. and then and then. Then if you've got to raise it, even a 10% deposit, 20% deposit, then the banks punish you for, you know, like they're like, oh, yeah, your deposit's not quite high enough, so we're going to make you pay a higher interest rate. Like, it's like just the whole system's geared against, you know, the working class. It's And, and they're the yes. people that, that drive a small business. And, you know, the people that get up in the morning, the, the work their tails off, that perform an admirable job for, for the country and – I just, I just think we, we're not going backwards, but we've just got to right the ship because it's, you know, like I, I think we're heading for a, um, 
I don't want to be, I've been saying being positive, but just, yeah, I, I think New Zealand, we need to be far more positive. We need to make some changes. I, I don't have the answers, but put yeah. it this way, I, 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 I really enjoy living in France. But if you don't, How it's like that? Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't it? If you don't acknowledge the problems, yeah. you're not going to, um, you're certainly not going to fix them. Exactly. Um, and and look, I was going to, and I was going to ask you about Game of Two Halves yeah. and the fame with that. I suppose let's cut to what you're uh, you're talking about though, because I wanted to get there too. You know, I feel like you, you, you know, and and we we know about um, Mark Ellis, household names, everyone knew you, you, you couldn't fart without people seeing <laughs> yeah. it and smelling it you know, everywhere you go must have been a bit claustrophobic for you but I suppose to take that further the other thing that's sitting there and I, you know we know um, Mark's just down the road somewhere from you isn't in the northern northern Italy and he's been pretty outspoken I mean not I it's hard to disagree with him but about New Zealand losing his mojo and so on you're you're effectively saying all the same stuff aren't you you I mean you agree with what he's saying that that um you know, uh, we we sell ourselves some myths about New Zealand. It's the best place in the world, world and so on. But actually, have you been to Northern Italy? Have you been to the south of France? Um, and and uh, and we, we've got a lot that we need to fix. A hundred percent. Like I couldn't agree more. You know, like it's it just has to be said. All these the sorts of things that we have, we're such a little country. Like it should be easier to, you know, to all come together and get it and work as one and like deliver our country to the world and say hey this is what we got you know new zealanders used to be really industrious and hard working and and all that sort of stuff you try and find somebody to come and work in a car wash you try and find somebody to go and work in a cafe you try and find somebody to go and yeah. work in a restaurant you try and find somebody like it is impossible right now when did new zealand become like that it became like that when we all go hey you know what you don't have to go to work today if you don't want it. If you're feeling sick, you know, take time off. And here's a job seeker's benefit for this and that. And da da da. Like righty right. And oh, you're not allowed to speak to them like that. You can't say, "Hey, mate, come over here, get off your backside, and start working." You know, like, oh no, you've got to go. Oh, can I have a meeting with you? Like, what the? Like, we've just become so lefty PC bollocks. It's ridiculous. We've forgotten how to say how it is. You know, and I'm sorry to all those people out there that go, oh, you know, oh, he's an arsehole. Yep, I'm an arsehole. Bullshit. I'm just calling <laughs> it. It's the truth. I think you need to – look, I feel like you need to tell us what you really think, though, Matthew. I love it. <laughs> but you're right. Some people won't, but I do love it personally. You're bringing out the naughty side of me. I've got to be careful but I, but because I, I'm in New Zealand, not in the right. south of France right now. Yeah, no, but, I, I, uh, I, I yeah. get you, you know. I, I get you, Simon, you know, but – you know, like I, I haven't stuck my, I don't stick my head up anymore because I don't want to, I don't want to say the things that I want to say. I certainly am not on social media or anything like that because I just don't want the negativity, you know, like, and, and like, so I, no. I've gone real quiet and, and I, I'm happy to go quiet, but this, like, if, if I think like that, I'm not the only man, I'm not the only person that thinks like that. Like I, I'm not an unintelligent, you know, like buffhead. Some people might say I am, but I, I've mm. sort of got the lie of the land a little bit and this is what I feel. You know, like if we're not prepared to pull our finger out and work, you know, we don't work anymore. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. 
Leary and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been mm. in France now then? I've been, uh, we came over, my wife moved here in June 22nd and I came over early August. But I've been back and forth, you know, like do a, a few bits and pieces with, with television and stuff, which I've been fortunate to do. And yeah, but but most of my time has been here. We, we travelled a lot, um, went to Southeast Asia for, for, the, for the school holidays, which are in Europe are in. Uh, the Christmas time, which is June, July period, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've, like I, I said before, I just feel really fortunate. I, I don't have a, you know, like I've got enough to do what I want to do, and I just that's, you know, like yeah, I, I, I'm very um, conscious of um, enjoying my life, but also trying to ensure that my children are, are well raised, respectful. Value love, I guess, because in the end, that's all we have. So, if I, I think if we spread a little bit more love, we'd be a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot better, you know, as a as a human race. Are you? Um, I take it from what you've said as well. You're loving France. You're not missing New Zealand. Is there yeah. anything you miss? I mean, is is it is it the cliche Vogels and Marmaid, or no? You just you are loving what's happening in France, and you're not coming back anytime soon. No. No, like, you know, and I guess the other thing too is like when you look at the ge- geography of where we are, it is a long, long, long way to go, right? So mm. I, I'd say this, if if we're not careful as a country, people will see the myth that New Zealand has sort of become. Like we're not clean and green. We're not all this and that. And we've got some big issues in our country, right? And, you know, the cost of living crisis, all that sort of stuff, Um have we got the ability to turn around? Absolutely. But I think we have to have some, you know, we have to look at ourselves in the face and, you know, look at the guy next door to us and say, hey, how do we, how do we turn this around? I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not, all I'm saying is, hey, this is what it's turned into. I'm not particularly a big fan of it anymore. So I left. And people will go, yeah, well, you know what? Good riddance see you, mate. Good riddance. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Good riddance. See you. Have a good life. Oi, on your bike. Couldn't give a rat's. <laughs> hey, Matthew is standing up right now. I was slightly scared he was actually going to leave the podcast, but don't take it too literally. <laughs> Sit down, Matthew. We've got more to ask you. Um, hey, uh, do, do you, we mentioned Mark Ellis, the likes of him, Mike King, Marty Devlin. If you yeah. see, do you, are these guys still mates, or was that a time of life? I mean, I'm just conscious he is, of, uh, as the crow flies, uh, not that far away from you. Yeah, yeah, like, look, Mark and I, like, if I, if Mark walked through the store now, like, we'd just be, be like, brother, you know, like, but we're not, we, we don't live in each other's pockets, we, we talk every now and then, you know, but, you know, he has my life, he has his life, I've got my life, the same with Mike, the same with Marty, oh, I've spoken to Mike, like, maybe a year or so ago, I've spoken to Marty just recently, you know, like, we touch base every now and then, we had a really fantastic ride with the, you know, with the, 
entertaining TV show that we, you know, that we got to, you know, we were blessed really. Um, and we had a, we, there was a magic about what we did and, and people loved it, you know, so, and that's, you know, I'm really thankful that we made people laugh, cringe, cry, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, to perform, I guess, you know, and, and that's the thing I would say to people, you know, like, you know, don't judge a person until you meet them. And if you see somebody on television, like it's a little different when you're giving an interview like this because it's more serious and, you know, but, but when you're playing a role in something or it's a show, like it's, it's an aspect of your personality, you know, like it's part of who you are, like you can see yourself, but it's not, it's not the be all and end all. And that's not the well-rounded thing. So we've just got to take, just use a common sense approach. And if you haven't got anything nice to say, then don't say it. We should have told that to the younger self. (laughs) Well, but you say that, but have you, I mean, (laughs) listen to you now, I mean, you are still, you're not afraid of being controversial and I I like it. I don't think there's an issue with it, but it's like, um, I suppose the question is from that younger self, when you're hanging out with those guys we've just mentioned and you know, you're on TV and you're a sports guy and all of that stuff and living probably relatively, not in a, negative way um but 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 a but a but a fast life oh, have you changed that much yeah. have, have i changed that much uh, me personally have i changed that much yeah i don't know the answer yeah. maybe you have in a huge way I, I i still have the same values that i had back then you know but like i i, I my grandmother used to say matthew never worry about they there's a collection of he sheaves or some butts and always laugh loudest at yourself you know so those things really those you know little phrases like that really arm me for the, the the career that I took and you know like ending up on TV and being in the public eye because you know people are either going to like you or they're not and you know like it does hurt when people you, you hear nasty things said about you or people think you're this or people think you're that not everyone is going to like you that's cool right but so this you have to let that go but I, I think it gets sometimes it gets a little bit um it's a little bit out of kilter and you know people just have to take a, a chill pill and go hey how would I feel if I was saying something about somebody that I hadn't met and you know like oh he's a such and such if I had a dollar for every time that I met people and they go you know what mate you're actually a real good bastard you know like I thought you were a prick you know like hey, and you're like and I'm like yeah mate yeah cool hey oh, thanks oh it's real nice you know and, and like but but I, I, I get that by the know, way about every day yeah but I get that know, every day like, you know, and it's it's like, what, you know, you got to come on, man. Like, until you meet somebody, like, don't judge. Like, when you meet them, you know, it's then cool. Then you have your peace. But even totally. so, like, you know, we were all, like, we're all, we all think that we're, you know, that we've got the, the right to judge and say stuff and do stuff and die. It's like, hey, come on, just get on with your life and, and move on and just, you know, be positive. You know? Hey, I, um, I, I, I've jumped around a heap here, but it's because it's been a great conversation, lively. I want to just, I, I've got this other one on France I wanted to ask you. You know, our preconception, given all you've just said, and, you know, mm. you've got a sense of your, you know, if you like to put it this way, political views. Um, mm. My preconception of France is it's this sort of mm. left wing, high tax sort of scenario yeah. but of course they do life so well don't they i mean what would you like new zealanders and a lot of new zealanders have been there but what would you like to new zealanders to know about france and living in france that you think they probably get wrong well you know they say the french are really are really uh rude and offhandish and if you don't speak their language they're like <laughs> they're not they're actually really generous with their time and it's 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 changed a lot now because the young people obviously they want to speak english so 
you know, 15, 20 years ago, if you went to France and you didn't attempt to speak French, they probably wouldn't speak to you. But now it's definitely changed. Um, I tell you what is amazing. You know, my wife's obviously French, so she gets a, you know, like a, it's an identity card and a health card. Like she goes to the, the other day, she broke her wrist and she went to get an x-ray, you know, and then go and see a specialist. Do you know how much it cost? Eight euro. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you know how much, like, yeah. you know, like it's just like that's not, no insurance, you know, and then if you've got insurance on top of that. But what I will yeah. say about that though is, you know, you look out the window in France, there's a lot of people on the beach. They are very, you know, they're yeah. pretty chilled and, you know, like, so I don't think you can get away from the fact that we have to be productive and, you know, like being the, being a lefty is like, hey, it's cool. It's like, I get the social side of things and that's really important too. But it, at some stage, you have to, everybody's got to, we've got to add to society. You know, you, you can't just be sucking off the teeth. You've got to get up off your backside. Yeah, and no, I agree. Whether that's going and being a rubbish guy. Like, I mean, I worked as a gardener. I got here and I worked as a gardener on a minimum wage. I don't have to work, but I just wanted to get in and, and get amongst it, you know, like, and, and I, I love it. I love getting there. Like, if you gave me a job as a dustbin man, I'd be a dustbin man. And I'll be a friggin' good dustbin yeah. man because, you know, like, whatever you do, you've got to do it to the best of your ability. So if you've, got to, if you've got to start down here, hey, don't worry. Start down there, but work your ass off, and you'll get up here. Everybody's got opportunity. We've all got the same opportunity, but we just, for some reason, now, like, oh, I've got a sore knee, or, oh, I've got this, or I've got a headache, or, oh, I've got this. And so, like, we, we make all these excuses, and then the state hands out, oh, here you go, here you go, here you go. And then we're, like... To be able to hand that stuff out, the people that are working, we've got to work doubly hard and get taxed even more. Like, it's nuts. And it's got to end. Like, otherwise, the whole mm. system's broke. So speaking of you and work, you're back on TV with Designing Dreams. Tell me a bit about that and why you're doing it. You know, like, um, a friend of mine, um, Daryl McEwen, who, who used to work with Julie Christie, who Julie used to do all the shows with Mark and Matthew, Game of Two Hearts, and he he rang me one day out of the blue. I hadn't spoken to him for ages, and he said, "Oh, hey mate, you know we're we're looking at doing the show. You know we'd 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 like to put you forward as a friend." And I thought, "Oh," and I I think he'd rang me on like it was like Friday afternoon. I might have been having a few drinks, or I was doing something. I was sitting at home, and I sort of I went, "Oh yeah, okay." And I thought about it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that'd that'd be cool." And I was like, oh. I was like oh, "Why did I do that?" You know, but um, it's a show based on architecture, basically, and it's I, I just. I got the opportunity to do it and I thought, oh, you know, that'd be something I'd like to do, you know, just to, I think the last time I was doing television, you know, we were sort of clowning around, Game of Two Halves, Mark and Matthew, which was, which was great. It was part of our personalities, but, you know, as you age and you, you get a little older and a little wiser and, you know, to have the opportunity to come back and do some television, I thought, oh, you know, like might be nice to do it again. So, so I, um, and I, I did and we did a couple of series. I think they're trying to get some funding or, you know, for, for a third series, it's been, you know, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I fly back from France. I spend six weeks in New Zealand and then we come back and do another stint to get out, I think, six episodes. So, um, but it's it's just been really nice. And I, I certainly have a different attitude towards making television than what I did when I was younger. I was very impatient and, you know, like, whereas in now, you know, it's, it's amazing as you get older, you just you just tend to chill a bit. I'm still, you know, I'm still competitive in a way and all that sort of stuff, but I just, I just a lot more, you know, I, I just, it was, a, it was a lot more fun making TV this time than it was last time, you know, um, mm. even though I had a great time last time, but it, it was just, I, I just, I, I think we were, 
we're a little bit too impatient and, and really didn't um, didn't treat everybody with the, the respect that they deserved, you know. And uh, that that's something that you learn when you're um, as you get older, I guess. Totally, I think that's a good distinction. I mean, you you you're still outspoken. You've got some passionate views there, but when it yeah. comes to playing the, the 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 man, that's different than playing the ball. You know, there's the issues and yeah. all those things. But yeah, so I think it's a really powerful. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. We've all got our opinions. You know, yeah, so everybody's entitled to an opinion. So you know, you don't have to agree with it either. You'd say, hey, right, that's cool, but. But I, I think, you know, like, I think it's important to, to, to voice your opinion and then, um, you know, but don't be offended if, if people don't like it. And, um, you know, and people that don't like it shouldn't be offended that somebody's, you know, voiced your opinion. Totally right. And look, um, and the other thing I wanted to raise with you, I mean, you are now, I don't know if it's how you think, well, you probably do, how you think about yourself, but you're a businessman. Um, you know, yeah. you've got a cafe, the car wash. Um, yeah. I, I must have lived not too far from there. I see yeah. it every day yeah. or three. Um mm. And, and uh, you know, it's an upmarket car wash. You've got Auto mm. Labs, which is, mm. you know, through COVID mm. is the car care with your son, Boston, you with in, mm. who you're with in LA right now. Um, yeah. and, and actually your partner, your wife, Chloe's um, got Frankie period care, I suppose. Yep. Um, how's it all going? Um, they ticking over? You got serious yeah. growth plans? Give me a sense of it. Hey, look, I, you, do you know what? I, I, um, I've just been very fortunate to whatever I've sort of turned my hand to. It's 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 done okay. Like cafes have been really really good to us and hard business. You know, like you know, service industry is is, is not easy. You know, especially in these climates. And you know, the other things that you know, they're they're startups and they're ticking over. You know, but but like I said before, like um, I think you have to have balance in life. And work is extremely important, obviously. But but so's family and so's um, you know, enjoyment of your life. So, so that to me is, 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 you know, I think the balance is the most important thing, you know? So, um, I'm very fortunate that my son runs, uh, runs cafe and looks after our business affairs in New Zealand. Otherwise I I would be back in New Zealand, you know, like I'm just, I'm just, you know, I am blessed because, you know, when you have, when you run a small business or a number of small businesses, you have to be in it. Um, because if you, you know, it's it's hard to trust other people, and you know, like lots of people, they think because they work for you that, you know, that they're entitled to things, and um, you know, that that's not the case. You know, like you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs, we 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 put a lot of risk. Uh, you know, we put money, our time, effort into into to our businesses, and and we take all the risk. You know, but people don't see that, and there's a lot of stress involved. And and my son, he luckily for me. He wanted to take the the ball that I set up, which was cafe and a few other bits and pieces, and run with it. And you know how lucky am I? Otherwise, I'd be back in New Zealand. You know that that's what I've been. You've given us a, a couple of things there, actually. But what, you know, high level, what do you, what do you learn about business? Um, I, I think the most important thing, if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. And uh, you know, I, I I hear it a lot, but um, integrity is really you know like integrity is. I got sold on the word integrity. I lost a lot of money to this guy. He said to me, oh, I'm all about integrity, Matthew. This was years and years ago. But I think integrity is, you know, really important. If you, like, I'm still one of those guys, you know, I'm not that naive enough that I don't get any stuff written on paper. But if I look you in the eye and, and shake your hand, I'd like to think that you know mm-hmm. that I've looked you in the eye and said, yeah, I, I'm going to do that. You know, and that's that, that to me is a big part of business, you know, and just, you know, just deliver. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you don't do it, get on the phone and say, or go and have a meeting and say, hey, listen, this has happened. Front foot everything, you know, and just be honest. Tell the truth. Don't mask bullshit. Like, just if you stuff up, 
tell the truth. Because once you tell the truth, boom, it's all over. What else can you do? Hey, I'm sorry. I, I, but you know, like the, but the truth's really hard to get to. And people are like, it's like, hey, if you stuff up, just say you're stuffed up. If you can't make the order, if you can't do this, if you can't get to that, just say, look, I'm really sorry I'm stuffed up. And, and it just, it's, it's the hardest word to say sorry, but actually, you know, like, once you've said it, what else can you do? What more can you do? As long as you, you mean it, you know, like you obviously have to own it. That's it. And, and then make sure you don't do it again. And then you earn trust. And once you've got trust. Fantastic. Hey, um, what's the future hold then? Um, growing old, drinking. Um, don't, mate. Stop uh, it. Bordeaux or Chablis or something. Um, not, not old. Look, you don't get look, depressed here. It's all look, right. No, you got, you're 50 hey, years mate, I'll ago. Give I'll give my shirt off in a second, mate. <laughs> no, I already, I already complimented you on. I, I can already see that there's guns underneath that sort of um, black uh, polo knit. It's a turtleneck or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a turtleneck, actually, yeah. Well, it's funny. I just saw, I, I saw my, uh, like, I never used to wear jewellery, and now I've got a watch, I've got a ring, I've got this, I've got that. You've got, man, guys, you've got man bangles. Yeah, I've got, you've got mate, a I've lot got, of man I've bangles got, going on. I've got a man bangle, mate, but, like, in Europe, they do all this. And the ring on the finger, dare I say it, it's sort of very, it feels very Armenian to me. That was, actually, this ring here, and that's got my, uh, my, my middle son, London Ridge, on it. It's got the, his initial. My father had a ring, like, very, uh, very similar to this. And he gave it to me, but it has had his initials on Jane. I wore it and wore it. And I flogged it, but it, it, it wasn't solid gold. I think it was made of, of you know, whatever else. And, and it split in there. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I just loved it. And um, I remember when London was born, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get a ring made. And, and I did. And um, it's a big booty ring, but it sits on my little pinky. Cause, and I don't know if you can see, but I've got a really big fat knuckle there when I break the injury. Mm. So it sits perfect. Mm. So it's just, you know, I don't know. Now Fantastic. I'm talking about my jewellery on my hands. No, Jesus. I love it. But you, you've dodged my guy. Well, you dodged my question, which is what, 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 what's Matthew Ridge doing 25 years from now? God, I don't know. Honestly, like um, hopefully I've got a load more, you know, grandchildren, that sort of stuff. You know, I think it's just, I think in the end, see, all, all you have is really your children, you know, like, you've, you know, your wife, you like I love my wife dearly and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I've been through marriage breakups and all that sort of thing. I, I think, you know, you, 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 your wife leaves you, or you leave your wife, and they're no longer family sort of thing. But your children doesn't matter; that never mm. changes. No. You know, your mum and dad that never changes. That's and that, and they're the people in the end. You know, friends come and go. As you know, like and, and you know, you, there's not many people that stick around, but family is all you have. And I think once you get that unit right, and it, it takes you a little while to, to actually get that, but once you get that unit right, then I think the world's your oyster. It's a great message going to Christmas, right? Because a lot of people spend all year avoiding their families and then right. you come together and actually, well, that's what you've got to remember. And I tell this myself to myself sometimes, it's like, you know what, in the end, your parents, your siblings, your kids, yeah. obviously your wife, um, yeah. but they, 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 they're what you've got. No one's perfect. I'm not, no. they're not. But, you know, None of us are. live and let live, be a bit forgiving because that's what you've got yeah. at Christmas. But you're only here for a short time too and make the most of it, man. You know, like, so that's why I say if you get an opportunity to do something, if you get an opportunity to travel, if you get an opportunity, like, just don't be scared. Like, have a go because, you know, like, before you know it, it's all over. Totally. You know? Totally. Take more risks. Get, live, live a little. Yep. I'm going to wrap up by asking the questions I ask every guest. We call this section general knowledge. You're going to smash it. I just know that, Matthew. Um, hey. If you could be somebody else for a day, who would you be? 
Oh, Novak Djokovic. <laughs> you really so you could have gone tennis instead of you know you. Oh, kind mate, of... that guy. Hang on a second. That guy, like, like he is quite possibly the greatest athlete that's ever walked yeah. the earth. Whether you like yeah. him or you don't like him, like no. I mean, tennis for a start is unreal. But don't give me start on that. But anyway, Novak Djokovic. Love it. No, and no, I agree with you. Those guys at the top of tennis, the, the top sportsmen in the world, there's no doubt about. It. You've got a pretty good view on money because you know I've got that sense of you sort of work life balance and. Um, mm not being obsessed to be the richest guy in the room and all that, but if money was yeah. no object, what yeah. are the first three things you'd buy? You haven't got a, you're not a car guy? Or a- Mate, nah. Like, you know, like, I've got, I've, got, I've got all the things, you know, like, like you know, like, well, I wouldn't buy a boat because I think it's far cheaper to rent a boat, you know, like, yeah. maybe I, I'd buy a, I'd take a family on a, go somewhere we hadn't been before, you know, invite mm. all my friends, pay for all that stuff, you know, like, just, you know, like, mm. just basically, like, Spend money on other people. Experiences together. Yeah, experience. You know what? You hit it on the head. It's not about the stuff that you accumulate, the materialistic things and all that stuff. It's, mate, like, all, all, all I think that money gives you is is freedom of choice. I'd rather go to my grave knowing that I've lived a full life than go to my grave knowing that, you know, I've got five houses here, <laughs> you know what I mean, for six cars, this, that, yep. the other thing. Oh, fantastic. And, and which famous actor would play you in the movie of your life? You know who I was thinking about that other day, but I, William Defoe. I really like William Defoe. Nice. Remember, nice. you know William Defoe off Platoon. Yeah, like he was just such yeah. a cool dude. And he had a good spirit, and you know, like he was cool. I, yeah, William Defoe, outstanding. Hey, well, look, it's just been so good talking to you, Matthew. Um, I think we've got sportsman, TV guy, French honorary Frenchman, family <laughs> man. It's all happening there. Um, yeah. We really appreciate having you on. Generally famous. Hey, hey, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. Nice to meet you, Simon. Yeah, and you, my friend. You've been listening to Generally Famous Stuff Podcast. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous or wherever you get your podcast. In fact, if you follow us on Apple or Spotify, any of the podcast apps, in fact, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Thanks to my producers, Chris Reed and Jen Black, and audio editor John Rapiha. I'm Simon Bridges. I really appreciate you listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, tagline there. That, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.